Ryan Reese. This is Live with Ryan Reese. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. What up, family? It's good to be back for another Saturday night. You know, I'm loving being back in town, Sean, honestly. Yeah, I know you're excited. You're going to be teaching tomorrow, you know, um, over at our Golden Spring. It's going to be a prayer and worship tomorrow night. Prayer and worship, but you're going to to be there, and I know there's cool things in store for the summer. So, you know, as the the school year has come to an end, and now it's all prepping for the the next year, now you have these opportunities kind of to be around a little bit more. So, Dude, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Seriously, to be back in town, um, hanging with everyone, just being in Southern California and uh, just enjoying the weather and the time. You know, this morning I was up at uh, Calvary Chapel, Chino Valley my, with my dad. He was uh, he was speaking at the men's conference. Then I got to hear Don McClure speak. And then Tony Clark was coming up, but I was already on my way out. And oh, then Tony there was, Clark's awesome, too. Yeah, he's... Uh, now let me know. <laughs> I heard him get up and start talking. And I was like, dude, I cannot believe I have to leave right now because he is one of the dudes I love listening no, to. But legit. yeah, I left. I got to come down to Orange County to the fairgrounds. They got a gun show here and uh, loaded up on ammo for the apocalypse. <laughs> the apocalypse. <laughs> no, it's amazing. Always ready. It's amazing how cheap it is actually at the uh, at the gun show. So I, I got loaded up for the for the range and nice. the whole thing. But um, nice. you know. Um, the reason why I wanted to do this particular show tonight is because, um, as you know, you know the listeners know, I, I travel around the world, um, not only touring public high schools, but I do go on the road with a lot of bands on tour, or I go to a lot of different events. So mm-hmm. I'll go to, um, I don't know, skate skateboard events, um, concerts, um, raves, or like electronic parties, you know, EDC music. Um, what else do I do? No, all that stuff. You know, and, you, you, a lot of doors have opened up for you of those opportunities because you're just hanging out with people that you know, friends and yeah. people that get invited. So. Movie premieres, mm-hmm. uh, more, you know, with actors or, or uh, you know, the police force or, I mean, just, just crazy, honestly, just crazy doors that God opens up. And when I go to these events and I post, you know, I like to kind of tell the story of, you know, in the sense of what I'm doing and, and, uh, you know, I always get questions. And, you know, this is nothing new for me or nothing new for, for the Whosoever's Movement because since uh, since we started, we, uh, we've been out immersed in the culture. And, you know, actually our mission statement says a movement of Whosoever's leading the way to reflect Christ and culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, to lead the way to reflect Christ and culture, you have to actually be in the culture. Right. And that's always been my, you know, what God, um, that's always been a, I don't know, like a passion, I guess. For me to to be out in culture and reach people hmm. right where they're at, because we know yeah. the Great Commission it says, "Go out and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey my commandments." So that's kind of like the setup that Jesus gave us. He said, "Go out, leave where you're at," mm-hmm. and he also says, "Walk by faith, not by sight." So you got to walk by faith, go out, and um, make disciples. So we have to reach people yeah. right where they're at. So you know the theme of. Uh, the theme of this show basically would be to, uh, you know, walk walk by faith um, and and go out and reach people. So the question would be is, oh, so what I'm saying is people always ask questions online or on social media, you know, just some people, not all. A lot of people know, as people yeah. that follow me know my deal and what we do, that we, we're constantly on the Great Commission mission. But uh, – the questions are good questions, you know. Some of them are very honest, you know. And I, actually, I believe most of them are honest. They're like, like, 
like, what are you doing there? Right. You know, you know, and that's for people that don't haven't been following myself, maybe a new follower or haven't really been following what we've been doing the last nine years or or I didn't know you could go there mm-hmm. to these places. Um, I thought this was like off limits or, you know, I've heard people preach against certain things. And, you know, these are there's a lot of um, there's a lot there's there's a that the question's bigger than you can't just answer it with just one answer. Right. It's bigger because there's a lot of variables that go along with each question. Mm-hmm. And that's what the show is going to be about tonight is kind of answering um, these questions. Um, why, why are you there? I thought a Christian couldn't be in this environment. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I would like to go back to me. I always go back to the Bible, and that's kind of what the show is about in mm-hmm. our Christian walk. And you're in my relationship, Sean, is like – Basically, well, what does the Bible say? Yeah. And, uh, you know, the good old question, what would Jesus do? Right. <laughs> I saw Patch at the gun show, <laughs> and it had Jesus holding a gun. What would Jesus do? <laughs> I almost bought it. That's awesome. But um, that's the question tonight. What would Jesus do? And if Jesus was here on earth, we know that God, when we give our life to God, that God implants his Holy Spirit in us. Jesus is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is here on earth because his presence is here. His spirit is in us. Uh, we are the temple of the Lord. Yep. But let's go back to what what would uh, what would Jesus what did Jesus do when he was here on earth? Well, let's talk about Jesus' ministry a little bit. Um, like you were saying, because it is so easy to fall into routines and to have other people's convictions um, direct your life. But when you go through the Gospels, you see that Jesus came out of all eternity to seek and save that which is lost, the world. Um, when he began his public ministry, we know that he was uh, went through the temptation in the wilderness, um, overcame the enemy by the word of God. The first place he went after that was a synagogue, which would be the equivalent of a of a church, a meeting that uh, the Jewish people would have at a synagogue, went in, opened up the word, and communicated to them. Uh, then he would leave. He would start going into the community. So he had a balance of, of both. He did a lot of ministry in synagogues, and which would be like an equivalent of churches. There was healings that took place. But also he had personal encounters with people. One that we bring up a lot too is in Matthew the tax collector. Now Matthew the tax collector and in that culture, tax collectors were looked down upon because they looked at like they were ripping off their own people. You know, if you ever had somebody that's kind of doing your family wrong, your friends wrong, you're like, man, I got a check mark on this guy. Like, get this guy out of my face. You got someone ripping you off, you are not stoked on that dude. No. Super sketchy guy. And if the whole, everybody knows that, um, they had a bad reputation when it came to like the, the, the real people there. But Jesus was in the house of Matthew, the tax collector. Uh, the Bible says in Matthew 9 that there were other sinners that were there as well, probably like a crew, some what of a party crew or whatever you want to say. Um, there were some Pharisees that were there that questioned why if this, if, if Jesus is so, so um, godly and if he is such a great teacher, he should know his surroundings, where he's around, because these people are sinners. So basically they were saying, Jesus is hanging out with a bunch of dirty sinners. And not only that. Like the scum of the earth, basically, yeah. at and, that point. And he's eating with them. And, you know, yeah, I know you've, you've talked well, you about this, too. Is like uh, eating in that culture was something that was very intimate. 
the way that they would share the bread and the sauces, like you are becoming one with each other. You are showing that commun- like communion relationship with them. And so they believe that you're becoming one because, you know, when you're eating, there's like saliva and stuff that's going into the food. They didn't have the, the forks, so they're dipping the different pitas and the sauces. Yeah, like which a double the, dipper, which like was me. the yeah, exactly <laughs> the majority of the food. So in that culture, they they, they yeah. believe that literally you were becoming one because there's body fluids right. <laughs> going into the other person's mouth as they were eating. So the, I'm gonna really get into these details because this was radical. Yeah. For what Jesus did, this wasn't like, oh, Jesus was eating with sinners and they were tripping on him. No, Jesus, they, they, the Jews believed that if that a Jew would go into the home of a Gentile, that they were, they were, uh, that was off limits. They would yeah, become unclean. unclean. Yeah. So Jesus was, bec- like, he was going, it was everything he was doing was not what the Jews thought the Messiah would do. Right. This was totally radical, unorthodox. Not align with with the uh, the 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 traditions, right. the church traditions of those days, and it's because Jesus cared for every walk of life. Like I said from yeah. the beginning, He cares about the people in the church. He cares about those that were in the synagogue, those that had the law of God. You know, those that maybe were going through the motions. You know, they He went, was going to all. He was going to all, and as He dealt with them, each person's an individual. Right. Each people, each person is a soul out there that we come in contact with daily. You know, whether it's at concerts, whether it's at events, whether it's in a ministry, whether it's at the gas station, whether it's at a Starbucks or wherever you're at in life. Like those are souls that are out there. And so Jesus always was open for relationship, mm-hmm. opportunity to speak to communicate with them. Now, the ones that will be quick to be able to say, well, you know, so what are you trying to say? Make no doubt about it. Jesus and his character is holy. He was not corrupted by the things of the world. He did not partake of the things of the world. When we're talking about these um, these ministries, these opportunities that God has opened up for you and many, like at the birth of the whosoever's, it was because the reality of all of us growing up um, with the scene, a lot of us coming from a lot, very dark scenes, knowing that like the people that we grew up with and who we were for so many years, like they need this truth, mm-hmm. you know, because we're getting blasted with alcohol, drugs, your, your mind's all over the place, you know, their own personal lives. They need like an influence. They, they need light in their lives. So to just to write them off and to cut people off that like maybe you grew up with or that culture that you were affiliated with for so long is wrong god has us here for a purpose in this world and we have to be open for those opportunities and there are divine appointments in multiple walks of life you've had many of them along the way yeah and i would definitely i'm gonna i'm gonna actually talk to you about a few for sure but now let's let's go back to i want to kind of dissect a couple of these jesus stories so we're since we're talking about the matthew and the tax collector so Jesus is here. He goes into this house. He's with Matthew, which is a reputable sinner. Um, one of the gospels. What else it says? This is like they were basically like the scum of the earth. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like when I think about this story. You know, I think of like the Wolf of Wall Street guys. You know, these those are the guys. They were the the Wolf of Wall Street guys. They were like ripping people off, tons of money, tons of money. Obviously, girls and everything went along with this. I mean, prostitution, all that stuff was. 
it was around. I mean, I was listening to Chuck Smith today. He was talking about uh, uh, Heyman, you know, uh, her father-in-law. Basically, she was posted as a a prostitute on the corner. Mm -hmm. And he went up and he basically slept with her, left her the ring because he didn't have the money. And then he went back to bring the goat to her. You know that whole story. Well, that was around back then. It was it was open. So now here's Jesus with these tax collectors. They were taxing people, making tons of money. And guys that are taking money, they're drinking, they're doing their thing. There's girls around. I mean, the Pharisees, the religious people were like, these guys are the scum of the earth. So clearly they were into some sketchy stuff. Right. So now here's Jesus with the etchy, sketchy crew right. <laughs> sitting here eating and drinking. Remember people would say this about Jesus. He was a drunkard. He was a glutton and a drunkard. He was basically associated eating with people that were eating a lot and drinking a lot, right? Yeah. So here he is in this place, and the religious people were just looking from the outside and going, man, what is Jesus doing only if he knew the people that he was hanging with? But yet Jesus, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. It says that when John the Baptist baptized, the Holy Spirit descended (laughs) on him like a dove. The power from heaven came upon him. The living word of God is there, Jesus Christ, and he's on a mission to reach sinners. So now here he is at this house. I don't know the conversations that he was having with them, but I know that when you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you have a relationship with the God of the universe and you're not a lover of the world and you're, you're, your main focus for being there is to, to love people, to love people and have conversations and yeah. develop relationships. I think that uh, what happened there is God, Jesus was just having cool conversations with them yeah. and letting them know he wasn't partaking in the sin. And that's what I want to really focus on in the situation is when we go to these places, what, what are our motives? What are the motives to go here? And, you know, this is the verse I want to, I want to bring up right now. The Bible says this in John 1, 2, 15. It says, do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only craving of physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, a pride of our achievements and our possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does not Want, uh, whoever does what pleases God will live forever. We, Jesus' motives here, he's, he doesn't have the love of the world in him. Mm. He has the love of the Father, so he has a purpose and a reason there. Just like when I go to places, I'm not going to a, a, a concert to go get drunk and to do drugs and to pick up on chicks and have sex with girls. I'm not there for the love of the world. I'm there on a mission. I'm there either because God has opened the door, God has spoke to my heart, and, and he's just led me to go to these places. But when I'm in these environments, I have one one mission, and that's to go and put myself in a situation and look for opportunities that God wants to do. Don McClure said this today. I wrote this quote down. He said this. <laughs> he said, God, or Jesus, Help us to look at darkness in the eye and let the light shine. Oh, that's sick. That is so dope. And I just just resonated with me because I'm like, that's straight up how I feel. When I get these opportunities that happen, I'm going, I'm looking at darkness in the eye, 
but I'm letting that light shine. I got God, I got Jesus Christ in me. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is with me. And I'm looking at darkness and I'm letting that light shine. What did Jesus say when he was at the at the mountain of, or not mountain, um, um, uh, Philip, uh, Caesarea Philippi? Okay. Yeah. On this rock, the hell will not prevail. Yeah. We will go into the gates of hell but hell will not prevail because we're going because we have Jesus Christ in us. We can look at darkness in the eye, and the light will shine. You know, with with Jesus, one thing that it says about him is that he is a discerner of the thoughts, meaning he understands the thoughts of the people. So it wasn't a mistake that he was with these people. He understood their heart. They understand who they were. Even Nathaniel, uh, he would say, one of the disciples before. He, we were called, I saw you under the fig tree. Mm-hmm. I know everything about you. Mm-hmm. I know about your life. And that's the amazing thing about the God we serve. And one thing when Jesus is questioned, he says this. He says, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Do not come to call the righteous, but the, the sinner to repentance. Um, Jesus cared for people. And Ryan, what you were just talking about right now, I think is important to note, is like there's a mission you know, and where, where God leads you in a particular place, having that heartbeat will direct you. The Lord will direct you. When it came to, like for myself, when I came to the Lord and coming from the, the, the background that I had of drugs, alcohol, the party life, and all of our crew that we grew up with are like a brotherhood. So you can't just cut off your brotherhood, your, your friends. Um, I, I always made sure that I had contact with them, whether it was showing up at a backyard party or somewhere. I showed up at a bar a couple of times like just to, yeah. you know, say what's up, a barbecue with the friends or whatever. And I would be there just for a little bit. Everybody stoked to see me. They knew that I was sober now. You know, things have changed. Not preaching to them, and but being able to hang out with them. But when the Lord would tell me to leave, You're I would leave. Yeah, I'm not going to hang around the same thing. I'm not going to try to pick up on chicks and everything like like you tried to do back in the day. And that's why you have to be able to be led by the Spirit of God. Um, there are the, and we have friends that have a, a heart and a passion for the pornography industry, that they have these doors that have opened up for them to, to um, show up at like expos and share, and share God's love with these people. And that's a calling as well. Like, I'm not going to be there. You're probably not going to be there, like at a pornography thing with uh, all that I kind of stuff. I will not be at no porn convention. Yeah. I can tell you that right no, now. No, yeah. I'm not going to be there either because <laughs> that's a place that it's not going to be a good place for me. You know me. why? Because I ain't stupid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there are people that have those calling, the, the callings yes. to be able to reach out because the reality of it is they're just people. There are hurting people like in this world today. And the Lord has put us on a mission. Um, you follow Jesus' ministry uh, multiple times. Let's bring up a, a, another story. Wait, before go you ahead. go there, go because I'm, I'm trying to. I, I don't want to do like quick overviews because uh-huh. I want to break down because there there this it is deeper than than just what we've talked about. Right. So you're saying you were saying something about the Holy Spirit. You're saying that the Holy Spirit changes you. Yep. So I want to I want to focus on that because you cannot. Go into these places until the Holy Spirit changes you. You have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You can't just go, I'm going to go back and and reach people, or I'm going to go back into these environments. You will get eaten up alive by Satan. Mm -hmm. We've heard, we can tell you stories of people that went back. Of Remember those pastors? There there was like an outreach in like Hungary or or somewhere out Out there. And there was a group of guys that were on staff of a church, solid dudes that we knew, that went out there. 
And basically, they were they were planning to do a crusade out there, but they were like laying the groundwork down there and networking with meeting with people. They got introduced to like some big like drug dealers and and big like baller people. And next thing you know, they were inviting them to clubs and whatever. And basically, they started going to clubs, and the enemy started just yeah. coming in. I don't. They weren't prayed up, read up, or whatever it was. And there was actually a group of them. And next thing you know, they started drinking again. And then one guy wanted to leave his wife and this whole crazy thing. They got eaten up alive yeah. Yeah. by that whole thing until some other guy, pastors went in there and showed up and goes, hey, fool, what are you, you guys, guys doing? Tripping. You guys are tripping. You can't. Well, no, this is the way it is out here. No, no, no. You don't like, you don't just start partying because everyone's partying. So you have to be transformed with the Holy Spirit. And this is the thing with the Holy Spirit. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit changes your desires. Yep, you have that. to wait till God does a supernatural work in your life and transforms your life, so you don't have those desires anymore. When I get when I got saved, I wasn't running back. I was, I stopped immediately. Like, okay, I'm not going to these houses because everyone's smoking weed all day and drinking, and there's there's girls single like you know girls around right. that I would probably want to sleep with. Right. Okay, I'm not putting myself in that situation. But I did have the liberty to go to a concert, and I would go with a Christian friend where I'd be somewhere where I'm there. I'm, I could see a concert, and then I could leave. But I'm not going to go sit and pile out at a house with 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 girls around, right. and and a lot of opportunities where I could just hook up with a chick very easily, and and it's all good. Mm-hmm. So there was these boundaries, and, and what happened is through a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit, God started taking those desires out, and then finally I realized I'm like, dude. I don't ever want to drink again. I don't want to ever use drugs again. But I still had an issue because, you know, girls and I'm single and this and that. So I didn't put myself in certain situations. So it's key that we have a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. But then also the other thing that's very important is that I wasn't just like I need to go back and try to put myself in these environments. I actually disconnected from a lot of stuff for a year straight, honestly. I kind of went underground and I was going to church, and I was reading the Bible, and I was letting God work in my life for like a year straight. And then God started putting that desire for me after a year to go back to certain industries, yeah. to the skate industry, to the surf, you know, surf industry, tattoo, and all these different industries. But God put a desire. He had to do that supernatural work before he sent me back. I wasn't just trying to do it on my own and be like, yeah, man, I need to get back there. God put a call on my life. So I wouldn't suggest trying to do anything on your own. It has to be clear, clearly identified by God and let God open the doors. Don't force yourself in because you'll get eaten alive. And and that's what even the Bible said. Paul did the same thing in his life. It's a time of waiting, a time of preparation, a time of strengthening, a, a time of reckoning that old man to be dead. That's something that we have to do all of our lives. You gave a story, even of those that have been around in ministry, if you put your guard down, man, we're no, you know, supermen. Like, if, if we're not feeding the Spirit of God, our flesh will always be weak. So we can't play games with our flesh. Um, but having that time where you're getting equipped, you're getting empowered, like God's working in that in your life and He's changing your desires, that that's where it all comes down yeah. to. It's not by your own willpower. Your own willpower is horrible and ain't gonna ain't gonna work. I tried to stop drinking multiple times. I stopped trying to do drugs multiple times. It wasn't until God broke me and by the power of the Holy Spirit changing my desires and my desires became his desires and the things that I once wanted to do or tried to do all the time, now I felt like a disgust for them. I felt it felt 
off if I'm starting to think that way. There's a conviction that's taken over in my life. And then not only that, for me, what it kept me is like the overall vision. Like God's opened up my eyes. The word is real. I believe God's word is real. And friends that I grew up with and these people that are kind of like getting caught up in these things, like if they don't know the Lord, like they're going to perish. Yes. And so I don't want to, you know, get so locked up in a way where my life starts compromising and now my words have no power. They're like, why do I need to have a relationship with the Lord? You're basically doing the same thing that that we're doing. Mm -hmm. And that's why you really have to be led uh, by the Spirit of God. Uh, You know, all of us have different gifts. All of us have different ministries that that God blesses uh, when we do. Um, And there's opportunities at every place that we're at. And if we're open to God's spirit, he'll do, he'll do great things. So the other thing is our, our motives, like we were talking about earlier. So like some people will go, well, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I was told I couldn't go to these places or whatever. Let's go back to the motives. Well, why, why are you going there? Mm -hmm. And when you're going there, like you were just saying, what are you doing there? Like you being there are, are you, is the whole time in your mind, are you like, oh man. I used to have so much fun back in the day when I was drunk or, mm-hmm. man, oh, I'm smoking weed or, or oh, man, look at, look at all these girls, man. You know, if this stuff's running through your mind, you probably don't want to be – Yeah, you know, no. what am I saying probably? You don't want to be there because you still have these desires. Get out of there. That's, that's why you should not be in these places. The whole, the, whole reason why, the whole reason why you go to these certain places – I'm talking about like – Places where it gets crazy, there has to be a call. Yeah. Like if you're going to go minister at a porn convention, you got you to gotta have a call because you're, you need to be so powered and filled with the Holy Spirit because, you know, when you we start messing with, with that, these, these scenes, you know, it's, Paul says we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities of darkness of the unseen world. When you go into these, you're, you're going into a bed of demons basically. Yeah. I mean, when you're at a porn convention, do you know how much demonic stuff is going on there? Sure. You're going to like a rave party. You're going to certain concerts. There is a lot of people are on drugs. A lot of people do some crazy stuff. Well, when you're involved with that stuff, you, you're opening the doorways to the supernatural realm of the demonic realm. So these people have this stuff around them. You're walking to a hotbed of this stuff. Yep. And when we get back from the break, I'm going to talk to you about some experiences that I had of walking in to these places where I felt like a presence or, you know, you feel your body appetites come alive. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that's holding you back is you're just like, you can feel the Holy Spirit and you can feel your body appetites at war, yeah. literally. Oh, for sure. Your senses. Yeah. And uh, I know and there gonna- will always be, I know we'll talk about this on the other side of the break, but the reality of it is you're kind of hitting on it right now. There's oppor- the enemy is going to give these opportunities for you to sin. Oh, like, yeah. All of a sudden, you know, nobody would give you a second look. And now everybody wants to, to hook up with you. All this kind you know, of these things of temptation are knocking at your door. You know those cartoons where you see like the devil on one side and the angel yeah. on the other side of your right. shoulder? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been in opportunity. I've been in places. And when you're going out there, you you have you could sense those things. And you know the devil's knocking at your door. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit's just leading you. And, and what's awesome is how God confirms why you're there. That's what's awesome because God starts showing up in these situations 
And all of a sudden, these opportunities start opening up when you start witnessing and you start leading people, Lord, and you're praying with people in these total, like, crazy environments. And that's when God's going, confirming, going, this is why I have you here, Ryan. Because, and I'm, I don't want to give it all away because I'm stoked on what happened to me, you know, last weekend in Las Vegas when I went to ED, EDC, that, that, uh, that huge rave. It's mm-hmm. 150,000 people a day, three days straight, sold out, like 10 stages. It was next level. I mean, it's the biggest electronic event you could go to right. in the whole entire world. But yet I was in the craziest atmosphere, but yet divine appointments were happening over and over and over. And we're going to talk about that in the break. But more importantly, you guys, is uh, this whole conversation tonight is I'm not trying to tell anyone to do anything. What I'm trying to point out is who Jesus was, what he did was here on earth. He is the model. And to be led by the Holy Spirit in these situations, because I believe that the world is in a crazy place, but Jesus Christ, it gave us the Great Commission so we could reach as many people as possible. And I believe there's a lack of us as the church. I feel that people are too scared to do anything. And people are being held back because they're scared of what everyone's going to think. And they're not being led by the Holy Spirit. They're just being led by traditions. And it's holding us back from reaching the world. And I believe that many are perishing. But Jesus sent the Son to die on the cross that whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And Paul says, how sweet is it for those people, the messenger's feet that goes to reach people. But how will they know unless someone gets sent to reach them? We'll be back in two minutes. More live with Ryan Race coming up. Is everything all right? Call now. 1-888-564-6173 or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say whoop de doo Now, back to Live with Ryan Reese. Don't say what I warn you. Loud noises! It is getting heated up in here. I, you know, I love these, these shows when we talk about Jesus and just his ministry and how out of the box and how radical he was, how unorthodox he was. And his whole mission was to reach people right where they're at in all the crazy different areas that he went to. And I'm going to quote this uh, quote one more time because I love it so much. It's from Don McClure. He says, I was at a men's conference today at Calvary Chapel, Chino Valley. And um, he says that Jesus Help us look at darkness in the eye and let the light shine. And that is so crucial is that we should be able to face darkness in the eye, but let Jesus shine. People need to see Jesus through us. We must reach people. Our mission is the Great Commission. And it has to be a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in our life first. If you're going to really like be like a, like a Navy SEAL and go behind enemy lines and, and go to the gates of hell, and pull people out. Remember, Jesus says the gates of hell will not prevail on this rock, on Jesus Christ. That means we could go and pull people out of hell, reach them, but hell will not prevail. If we have the Holy Spirit in us, Jesus Christ with us, mm-hmm. hell will not prevail. But we have to be led by the Holy Spirit because Satan will roam, he, he roams around the world. Ro- he roams around the world like a roaring lion looking to whom he can devour. He wants to eat us alive. But if we have a relationship and we are filled and we are on point with God, 
we will, hell will not prevail. So before the break, I was just talking about how it's awesome when you go to these places. Mm-hmm. And so let me just tell the story. So basically, um, I had an opportunity uh, to, to go out to uh, – I, I was involved with the whole rave scene since uh, 1993. Mm-hmm. How many years ago was that? Something like that. No, yeah. it's 1993. I remember. 1993. Yeah. 25 years. Thank you, sound man. We can't count. <laughs> Wait, 25 years? 25 years. 25 years ago is when I first started going to like, you know, electronic parties down in down in LA. And obviously we all know what comes along with that. That they yep. used to go to down in warehouses in Compton or whatever and you have a nitrous tank, you drop LSD or ecstasy and you you freak out for like 8 hours straight and then you go home and you do it all over again the next weekend. <laughs> and I did that for years and years and years. Right. So, and then even when I um uh, then even when I started working for managing the professional skateboard team, I was still dipping a lot of musicians and artists, even electronic artists with our products and stuff. So I was always, I've always been a part of the whole electronic scene still. And even to date, I'm still mm-hmm. part of it. My friends throw the biggest events in the world. They book all the bands and the whole thing. My, my friends are the guys that, that produce these things. So um, obviously everyone knows me and they know where I came from and how I used to party and where I'm at now. So I get invited to still go hang out. So basically, um, I was like, oh, man, I, you know, going to Las Vegas, I have to you know, fly out there, and it's a whole shenanigans, and it's, you yeah. know, it's at this huge arena, or it's like a, a race ground uh, where they race, um, uh, what do you call it? Like, there's yeah, not drag race. cars, but uh, NASCAR. Yeah. It's like, and it's in a huge arena over there, right? I'm like, ah, I'm, I don't really feel like going. I just got back from tour. I want to hang out with my kids, but I kept feeling like I needed to go there. So I'm like, all right, got them all. Do you want me to go there? Are you sure? Like, and I didn't hear him say anything, but I just kept feeling inside of me like I needed to go. So here it is. We walk by faith, but not by sight. Mm-hmm. And my relationship with the God of the universe, Jesus Christ, I feel like he's leading me there. So I told my wife, I'm like, I don't know. I go, I just feel like I'm, I'm, I'm led to go there. So I'm going to go and I'm going by myself to fly out there to meet with my friend. I'm only jumping on a plane by myself from L.A. to Vegas. And then I get there and I, I meet up with my friend. So I get there and, oh, so I get on the plane and right when I start taking off, I get on the plane and the, the wait, not the waitress, what do you call those? The, the, the flight, flight attendant. attendant goes, oh, someone took your seat. They wanted to sit next to their friend. So just go ahead and take 10C. So I'm like, whatevs. So I just go and I sit down and I'm sitting next to this guy and I'm like, hey, what's up, man? Are you, you going out to EDC? And he's like. I, he totally looked like he's going to EDC. Actually, half the plane looked like they were going to EDC. <laughs> so I'm like, are you going there? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going there. I'm actually I'm DJing there tonight. I'm sitting next to a DJ, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. Now, remember, I was supposed to be sitting in another seat. Mm-hmm. So now I'm sitting next to this DJ. I, we start talking. He starts you know, telling me you know, how he loves just doing cocaine and this and that and partying. and this. He's all pumped up. I'm going there and doing the whole thing. So then I start telling him my testimony, <laughs> how I came out of the but, drugs and yeah. all that stuff and, and the scene and this and that and how, you know, I'm still involved, but I'm sober and how I found Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. And then uh, then our conversation gets a little bit deeper and I start talking about, that. so where are you from? What are you doing? Well, he's married. He has kids and this and that. And I just start telling him, I'm like, dude, God created you with a purpose. You were led to be that man of your home and, and to be there for your kids and to be that example. And I'm not preaching, like, I'm not preaching down to him. I'm saying, hey, dude, like, we're men. We're, God created us to be men. And, like, we're on the same playing ground. And I'm just talking about what God did in my life. And, dude, I could see literally, dude, this dude, he went from a little spazoid, like, we're going to party, we're going to do this, to, like, I just see the wheels turning in his head. And he's just very mellow. 
And he's just looking at me and he's looking straight. And I could just see, dude, it's just resonating. And then at the end, you know, I just tell him, dude, hey, God loves you. He has a plan for you, man. And I'm just cool. You know, nice to meet you. And he just looks at me. He's like, he's like, dude, hey, thanks a lot. Like, thank you for, thank you for that. Like, Mm. thank you for just speaking into my life. And dude, awesome, man. Like, nice to meet you and this, that. And and that was like our breakaway, you know? And he walked away. So that's one opportunity. Then I get there, I, I go to the MGM, I put my bags away, and I'm go- getting, going downstairs to meet my friend. And when I'm walking through the MGM, this girl comes up, runs up to me, she's like, hey, are you Ryan Reese? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, hey, how you doing? And I go, what are you doing? She goes, oh, I live out here. You know, I'm just, I'm just kind of, you know, my mom works at the, at the casino, so I'm just here hanging out. She's 16 years old. Turns out she basically saw my testimony through uh, uh, the interview I did with Austin because she follows Austin, okay. the lead singer of Bob yeah. Mice. She saw my, my testimony through YouTube and basically gave her life to Jesus. And she's like, yeah, you know, I gave my life to Jesus. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just out here and I'm, I, I don't know. I, I just I don't have a church to get plugged in. I'm looking for a church. So I go, hey, first of all, let me pray with you. Because she wanted to get a picture. I'm like, hey. Cool, we'll take a picture, but let me pray with you and give me give your information. I, I got her information. I sent her a Bible, and I got her plugged in with Calvary Chapel, Spring Valley. So here I am, walking through, walking by faith. I felt like I was led to be out there. I'm just walking to my taxi. God brings this girl to me. I get her a Bible. I get her plugged into the church. I pray with her. I encourage her. Boom. That's two. Yeah. Two divine appointments. Then I get in the taxi and I'm driving out there to the to the map point to get my, my pass. And what happens is I start oh, – dude, we're, we're talking to this, this taxi cab driver and he starts asking me these questions of what I'm doing out here. I start telling him about what's going on with the culture, what's going on with, with the youth and this and that and about how God – and just I'm talking about Jesus and how God's transforming people's lives. And he's totally just – I totally witnessed him about Jesus. And he goes, dude, he goes, I've had a lot of people in my taxi – but I've never heard, I've heard all these like crazy stories, but I've never heard of someone that's actually trying to, you know, reach these kids and get them out of this stuff and transform them. Because the guy was sober for like six years and I told him about Jesus as well. So I got the witness that's to the that. taxi guy now. That's, that's three. Three. Already, I'm not there. even to the event yet, right? <laughs> <laughs> so then I get my pass. I go to the event. And right when I get there, I find my friend. And, you know, he, I'm in a cart where, like, they're, we're taxiing DJs to, like, the backstage so they could get on the – so they can get up and play, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm with the dude that's, like, doing the whole thing, right? So then we get – we're backstage and we're waiting. I see Brady there. Oh, yeah. Brady comes walking through. because yeah, he he's the, he's the, all the time. He's the road – or he builds all the stages and stuff. So I'm like, yeah. hey, what up, Brady? See him? So just love on him. And then then I'm, I'm waiting for my other friend. He's doing some stuff backstage to get organized for this other stage. And this girl comes walking up and she's like, hey, are you Ryan Reese? And I'm like, yeah, what's up? She's like, oh my gosh, this is like an answer to prayer. She's like, I was praying, you know, like she's like, I basically, she's like, I, I, she's like, I gave my life to God. She's like, I also discovered you on, on YouTube hmm. and I, I saw your story. I gave my life to God. And she goes, you know, I've been getting, having demons show up in my room, choking me out. I came out of like drugs and alcohol and suicide and cutting and She's showing me her arm, just all this crazy stuff. And she's like, I've just been praying because I've just, like someone gave me this Gideon Bible. I have it, but I'm just like, I, I just been praying. I'm like, God, just bring someone in my life. Like if you're real, just bring someone in my life to prove that you're real to me. And here I am sitting there backstage and she's like, and here you are, you come walking right up. And she goes, I'm, I go, well, what are you doing here? Then we're backstage. She goes, 
oh, I, I'm just working the event. I'm just, you know, I'm just helping work. Um, I don't know what she was doing there, helping with production or whatever. But she's just like, just you, just you walking here backstage and seeing me here. She's like, God just used you to answer a prayer to let me know that he is real and he, he, he's hearing what I'm saying. So here I am. Without even saying anything. I didn't do anything. I'm just walking by faith. I felt like God led me to go to this event, and I'm just walking there, being available. And now here this girl is, just me being there confirmed. So I got to pray with her, and I also got her information. And I'm, uh, I actually am customizing a Bible for her with her name on it, and I'm sending it to her. Oh, as well. Oh, and by the way, she's going to come to Shine tomorrow night because she's actually from L.A. Oh, So nice. she was out there just working the event. Very cool. So now she lives close to here, so she's coming out. Sick. So how many is that? Four? Yep. So then uh, from there, what happened? Um, we Oh, so then we ended up uh, sitting in this, this with this one room and, and basically because, uh, you know, I, I think he might be an atheist or, right. or something. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe he just doesn't believe me. I don't know what this deal is. He's just – maybe he's a – I don't even know. I mean, he might be Catholic, maybe not practicing. Yeah. Whatever his reason is, but he makes fun of me because, you know, I'm, you know, we're Christians now. Uh-huh. You know, so he's just, you know, not, not like, not no, real yeah. making fun of, just clowning. Yeah, you know, jabs, so, yeah. so yeah, he throws these little jabs, and it happens to be we're in a room with like a, a an Arab and a Jew, and the Jew and the Arab, they're like going, they're the main guys that do help operate the thing, and they're just, you know, Arabs or Jews yeah. are, they're like, they're constantly like, yeah. ah, this Jew, yeah, this Arab, you know, they're like at yeah. war with each other. So anyway, we start talking about you know what I do, and I get to tell him I'm a Christian and this and that. And here I am, just just letting my light shine, just being who I am, and just being a Christian because I'm a Christian. I'm not there to party. I'm just there to hang out and 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 just be available and just hang out with my friends. Yep. That's all I'm doing basically this whole trip. I'm just hanging out with my friends and letting my light shine. Yep. So then we start cruising around to different to different areas, and you know. And this is what I want to talk about. You know, now we're actually out in the events. And this is the part when I start, you know, I have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, its job in us is to present holiness in our life. When unholiness comes into our life, when sin and different things come in our life, it fights against it, right? It's like, okay, no, this is not cool. It's like those stop signs. This is not cool. But so, and also it's the power from heaven that helps us to overcome sin. When we encounter this stuff and we see this stuff happening to us, the job of the Holy Spirit is the power from heaven to make us bold and give us, to give us strength and to stand against the enemy. So the gates of hell will not prevail. Right? So now here I am and I'm out in this events. I'm in these really exclusive areas. Like basically the areas it costs like a it costs like a thousand dollars just to even get in these events. Mm-hmm. The areas that I'm in now, you you have to drop another at least another three grand just to even get into that place, and then you got to spend money to you know mm-hmm. the party or whatever. So I'm in like the most exclusive like place you can even be in this hundred and fifty thousand people. I mean, it's only there's probably only like a hundred people there. I mean, this is the most exclusive place in the whole entire mm-hmm. thing. So you got like you know you got like you know there's probably, probably Playboy Playboy models there. You know not. You know, not like you're at the Playboy Mansion, but you know, it's like you know, you probably got the Facebook guys and yeah. owners. You know, it's like it's like the, the it's like the tastemakers. You know what I mean? So now I'm in here, and I'm just kind of I'm just looking around, just like just kind of looking. And now I'm, my eyes aren't looking at the fact like, oh man, 
they look like they're having so much fun. You know why? Because I've been transformed, like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. God changes the desires. So now I'm looking at like, man, this is sick. This is an opportunity that I get to actually look over and I get to pray for 150,000 people in one shot. You know what yeah. I mean? So now here you are. You could just say some prayers like, God, dude, reveal yourself to these people. You can encounter these people right where they're at. And I know that there's other prayers been going out for these people. So now it's an opportunity to pray. But then I start just looking and just going, man, you know, it's, it's, you start revi- you looking back and going, man, God took me out of this. He completely transformed. You have like almost like self-reflection, like, man, God has transformed me because here I am in this place and I'm not going, man, I wish I could be doing this. But then you start sensing, you could feel like the presence, like, you know, you could start, you could start feeling like your, your body appetites coming to life. Mm-hmm. And that's when you start, that's when you have to distinguish like, okay, I'm walking by faith. God has called me to be here. We know that there's a war going on in the supernatural realm. You know, the enemy wants to detour you. So now you're fighting. You got the, the devil and the angel, you know, the Holy Spirit and the devil around you because that's just the way it is in the supernatural. There's a presence. There's a war going on mm-hmm. for your soul, soul constantly, whether you be there or wherever you're at. Yeah. But then you have to distinguish between the spirit and you're like, okay, I'm here. I'm doing my thing. But you can see the body appetites. There's girls, there's this and that and all the stuff, but yet you got to be focused on the mission. Just like Jesus, he was focused on the mission to reach the lost. He didn't didn't, uh, go go back and become like them. I could have very easily, oh, hey, I'm going to drink a cocktail. No big deal. I'll just drink a beer and just hang out. It's all good. You know, I didn't conform to the world, but I stood my ground. And I just am who I am. I know who I am in Christ. I know I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And I just kept asking God, okay, I'm here, God. What else do you want to do? And uh, there was even another opportunity I got to share with with someone else. On I, I can't even think right now, but there was even another opportunity that happened even on the plane ride on the way back. I counted. I can only think of six right now, but I think there were six or seven opportunities of that whole trip. So now, this is where I'm going to bring you back in, Sean. Sorry. No, go. Keep going. So basically... Now I went to this place and it was, it was, it was wild. You know, I mean, it was, it was crazy. If you're not, you know, if you're not called to go there, you'll, you'll get eaten alive there for sure. I mean, this, I was literally like, man, yeah, this is wild. This place is pretty wild. But then let's take this story back to Jesus. Did Jesus, cause we talked about Jesus eating with tax collectors and going to the home of sinners. Okay. That's one aspect, but that's not going to like a super radical place. He's in a home. Oh, he's in a party at a house, mm-hmm. right? Right. But then how does my story now that I was talking about going out to these, these crazy places, how does that relate to how does that relate to Jesus? Well, let's talk about a story about when Jesus went to Caesarea Philippi, mm-hmm. the background in Caesarea Philippi. Yeah. I just got back from Israel. This place, and you could add to it if you want, yeah. this place, they're in Israel at that time, they worshiped the Greek gods. Greek worship was huge to Zeus and to God of Pan and to Venus and all these crazy gods. And now when also during that time, they had this place called Caesarea Philippi. And at this place, Caesarea Philippi, where Jesus took the disciples, they worshiped the God of Pan. And the God of Pan was the goat legs and the human body 
up top. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way and you had the flute and the way they would worship the God of Pan is they would do blood sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Blood sacrifice in this place. And not only did they do blood sacrifice, they would also worship the God of Pan through worship of orgies, free sex. So now think about how radical. This was a place of witchcraft. Straight up, they were doing witchcraft in this area in Caesarea Philippi, blood sacrifice, worshiping demons, and then having orgies. Dude, does it get more radical than that? Yeah, and definitely when the the birth of the church, and I was talking about this last night because you're going through the book of Revelation, is the culture at that time, the Grecian Roman influence has, and that's why you look back at like history and they have all these statues uh, of naked statues, pornography, perversion was huge. Like you were saying, the way that they would um, worship their gods, their, their fake gods would be by sexual things a lot of times. The asterisks and, and all of the, the bowels, balls, all those kind of um, worship were led by the pagan rituals, demonic influence that was there. It permeated the culture. And that's like when the church was birthed, it was birthed in the midst of corruption. When you follow not not just that, but all the way through the birth of the church, through the book of Acts, I mean, Athens, all these places that Paul went to were places that were set free. Corinth, the same thing. There were temple prostitutes in some of these locations that the whole mission to worship their gods was to have sex with the patrons that would come through. And so it was something where the enemy was distorting everything and confusing so many people. But this is what the Bible says, that where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Mm. God's grace and his mercy starts being showered upon. So we go back to Jesus in a time with his disciples, sharing with them, who do men say that I am? Like this was going to be a very important time in their life and their ministry of identifying Christ is the Messiah. He is the only one you have to have your eyes on. He is the one that's going to lead, guide, and direct your life. And you need to make a decision for yourself. I don't care what everybody else says. Who do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they would give their answers. And um, that was a very pivotal time in, in their ministry. Yeah, and interesting enough, is what God, Jesus took the disciples, these 12 guys that's been with them for a couple years at that point, because they were still in Galilee area, yep. a couple years at that point, took them there. To the darkest, that was, would you say that was probably the darkest place in Israel at that time? Yeah, I would, I would say probably, yeah. Yeah, dark. I mean, they're doing blood sacrifice there. I mean, I mean, as far as like the worship where people, it's like a retreat area. Everyone would go there to get away. I mean, they had music. They were probably, it was probably like the closest thing to like a, you know, Burning Man festival or something without the blood sacrifice. Even though Burning Man does have a, a Church of Satan, they have a tent there. But also... <laughs> Interesting enough, I talked to some Christians that actually have a Christian tent there at Burning Man that play that worship and witness to people yeah. all day long. So also, those people are called to that whole thing. But it's so interesting that Jesus takes the disciples to the most radical, darkest, craziest place ever. And you know there was demonic stuff happening there with blood sacrifice and origins and all this crazy stuff. People were being possessed and the whole thing. The Bible doesn't say it, but I can tell you right now. Guarantee you, when you start messing with blood sacrifice and stuff like that, yeah. you're getting the craziness. I mean, that happens today. Yeah. So here Jesus is. He takes the disciples to the most radical place and says, on these gates, hells, on, these, on this rock, hell will not prevail. prevail. Yeah. So Jesus did 
go to radical. Jesus was radical. Yeah. He went there. It was crucial. And not only that, where did he spend most of his time of his ministry? Yes, he went. He was going back and forth. I don't want to discredit. He was going back to the churches, the, the synagogues. Yeah. He's going back and forth. But where did he spend? Where was his headquarters? His headquarters, Jesus' headquarters for his, from his ministry was in Galilee. They called Galilee, the Jew called Galilee, the Galilee of the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. It was not a religious place. It was the world at that time. Mm-hmm. His headquarters was in the world, the Galilee of the Gentiles. And he spent most of his time touring the Galilee, the Galilee preaching and reaching people yeah. in the world. With with only just a couple of minutes left, yes. uh, to me, one of the, the, the most amazing stories of Jesus' ministry is the woman at the the Samaritan woman at the well, because Love she was a, a woman that Jesus knew everything about her. One thing that was big in that culture, a man would not be alone with a woman in that place to have conversation uh, with her. The disciples had uh, Jesus had sent them along ahead of him. And yet he, she's, he's having this conversation. She questions why she's even talking to him, especially him being a Jew. But yet Jesus would talk to her because there was a great need. And the need was sex was ruling her life. She was in bondage to relationships. She, he, and she wanted this living water that Jesus spoke of. And, but Jesus doesn't um, sugarcoat it. He says, you want this living water? Go call your husband. Basically, your life is being run by sin because she would say, I don't have a husband. You're right. You do not have a husband. And the man that you're living with right now is not your husband. You've had five husbands. And it ain't working out. How's that working out for you? Guess what? You're going to have to go to this well over and over and you're always going to be thirsty. But he was talking about a spiritual thirst. And that encounter with that woman impacted her so greatly. And I'll just, you know, come to the end of it. She gives her life to the Lord. And then the Bible says that she goes out to everywhere that she grew up, her region, and say, come and find and talk to the man that told me everything about my life. He is the true Messiah. It's an amazing story. Yeah. And, it was, and when, even when he was there, Jesus went like 250 miles away out of his way to Samaria to reach that one, one girl. Person. He went 250 miles away out of his way. And then when the disciples saw him, they, it says it in the Bible, they were tripping on him like, what is Jesus doing? Why is he with this woman? Yep. Why? Because he wanted, because he goes out of his way and he wants, he's desperate for sinners. And sometimes you got to be like Peter. You got to take risks. You got to step out of the boat, even though everyone else around you in that boat around you are Christians, but they're scared. If you talk to Jesus and he says, yes, step out of the boat, you step out of that boat and you walk by faith to Jesus. And when you walk by faith, you'll be living the impossible. You'll be walking on water. You'll be doing things that only God can open the doors and lead you down. You'll be walking by faith. And not by sight, for sure. That's right. Thank you. Love you guys. And I guess we'll be chopping it up next weekend. Same time, same place. Much love. Peace. This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese. This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com.
Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese. In a recent survey, parents reported that 52% of homeschooled children need learning accommodations. These parents need practical advice, encouragement, and hope to fuel their homeschooling efforts. The Empowering Homeschool Conversations podcast is where parents gain wisdom on how to teach unique learners successfully at home, like Laura, who recently told us, I needed this episode. I don't need a fancy curriculum or need to be a special ed teacher to teach my son. You have given me hope. To listen now, go to Life Audio or search Empowering Homeschool Conversations on your favorite podcast app.